0: Most of you know that for the last uh, several weeks, Chad and Sabrina have been walking us through a deeper understanding of the fruit of the Holy Spirit. We've been using Paul's description from Galatians 5, where he describes to us how the fruit of the Spirit becomes visible in our lives. Today we reach the fourth of the manifestations of the fruit, patience. Let's remind ourselves of the scriptural basis for these conversations. This is from Galatians 5. Paul writes, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, patience, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And those who belong to Jesus Christ have crucified the flesh with its passion and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. Let us have no self-conceit, no provoking of one another, no envy of one another. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I don't know about you, but I've struggled over the years trying to understand more completely this concept of how the way that the Holy Spirit becomes evident in our lives. My simple thinking, I've kind of laid it out this way. It all begins with God's love, which is the foundation, the impetus for everything that follows. Scripture tells us how God creates and provides and protects his people. But because of our nature, we continually turn from God, but then God will send his only son Jesus to give us a way to return to our creator and to his love. Our job, our only job, our only part is to believe and to trust and to obey. God does everything else. It can be as simple as a prayer that Chad taught us. Lord Jesus Christ, son of the living God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Scripture tells us that believers then are infused or inhabited by the Holy Spirit. And that spirit allows the fruit to become evident and useful in our lives this strengthens god's kingdom where we are and i know this is a simplistic outline we've skipped over huge parts of the truth of scripture but in terms of the fruit of the spirit this is the way i see it so today we're going to focus on patience chad and sabrina have noted that almost all of the manifestations of the fruit of the spirit overlap with each other if you're patient you're probably going to be gentle and have self-control. If you are loving, you may well be gentle and kind. So the signs of the fruit of the Spirit are not mutually exclusive, but mutually dependent. At least that's the way this old Presbyterian tries to understand these deep God principles. I started volunteering at the church about 10 years ago when Jim Davis was our pastor. Early on, Jim began to encourage me that I needed to study the ancient languages of the Bible to become more familiar with ancient Hebrew and Biblical Greek. And he finally wore me down, and I took his classes in Greek and then later on classes in Hebrew. And Jim was right. There is a great richness to understanding the original languages of the Bible. And as Chad recently pointed out, English translations sometimes don't do justice to the original writings. So these days I hang out with these Bible geeks like Jim and Chad and Sabrina. So I went back to the original writings in the scripture that were describing patience. I was hoping to see what the original writers really meant, how they saw the concept of patience. Turns out there's actually no word in ancient Hebrew for patience. Apparently the concept was fairly uncommon. And one of the few places where patience is actually described, it's most often in reference to God and His patience. The way that Hebrew most commonly explains patience refers to slowing down, and stretching out. One of my favorite phrases for patience in the Old Testament Hebrew describes it as a stretching out of the nose, which I assume means taking a deep breath. Patience for the Jews means slowing down your breathing, stretching out your nose. Now, by the time of the Greek New Testament, there was actually a word for patience, and it truly means exactly the same thing as it does in English. So here's our working definition for patience today. Patience is enduring discomfort without complaining. Enduring simply means to wait, to let some time pass without expecting immediate gratification. Discomfort means that there's a cost. Patience is not meant to be easy. It requires effort. It's a burden of sorts. Without complaining means to wait without, with anticipation, with hope, with trust, that things will turn out okay. Another curious side note that is in the Greek and also in many modern languages, the words for wait and hope are the same word. It's just assumed if you're waiting, you're hoping. If you're hoping, you're waiting. Perhaps you know a few Stories about patience from your Sunday school classes as a kid, or if you've been working on our Bible literacy like many of us have for the last uh, few months, you may have heard some of those stories. Beth brought up several good ones, and it's funny, as she mentioned, patience is not always the prime mover in these stories. It's not the big point, not the big theme, but it's an integral part of the story, and it, and it helps us to understand how important it is. You might recall how God promised Abraham and Sarah that they would have children, although it had never happened for them. Listen to this story from Genesis. Abraham said, you have given me no children. The Lord took him outside and said, look up at the sky and count the stars, if indeed you can count them. Then he said, so shall your offspring be. Now the Lord was gracious to Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah what he had promised. Sarah became pregnant and bore a son to Abraham in his old age. At the very time God had promised him. It was a brash promise considering that at that time Abraham at the original promise, the covenant with with God. Abraham was 86 years old. But just a few chapters later we hear the miraculous story of Sarah giving birth to their son Isaac. An item not commonly noted is that Abraham was 100 years old when Sarah delivered Isaac. Abraham had waited 14 years for God's promise to be kept. There's no record of him complaining or whining or revisiting any doubt or apprehension with God about this long delay. It's as Beth said, he kept on doing the things that he was supposed to do. He didn't just wait, he kept on living. He endured with discomfort without complaining. He waited and he hoped. He was patient. There's another story that you may have heard about patience from the Gospel of Luke. It's the parable of the prodigal son where Jesus tells about a patient father and his selfish son. Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. Not long after that, the younger son got together all that he had and set off for a distant country. When he came to his senses, he said, I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. We're never told how long the prodigal son was away from home, but the implication is that it was a long time, involving squandering of money, working with pigs, and enduring famine. Imagine enduring, waiting without complaint, the absence of a loved one, hoping for their return, especially one who had left and parted with unhappy terms. Imagine waiting all that time and hoping that a good outcome would follow. The father had a long time to wait and little reason to hope. No wonder that the father felt a need to celebrate with a party when the son returned. And perhaps the story of the prodigal son does not have patience as its central theme, but the parable would be incomplete without the father's enduring the discomfort of separation, without complaining. He waited and he hoped he was patient. In fact, I think that's the real beauty, the blessing of patience. Patience blesses us with God's outcomes, perhaps not with the timing or style that we would choose, but with the timing and style that God has chosen. There's no doubt that God, uh, uh, Abraham, as he was waiting on the fulfillment of God's covenant, must have wondered many times, how is this going to end? The father of the prodigal son, waiting on the return of his wayward son, must have found that patience was a hard discipline. But in God's time, their patience was rewarded. It all ended as it was meant to end. Their patience, our patience, it gives room for God to build on their endurance and their hope as he wills it. Giving time and room and permission to God to love us and to provide for us, perhaps in ways we would not expect or even choose, that's a gift, a gift we give to ourselves, and it's a blessing to people around us maybe that's what all of these manifestations these holy fruit manifestations do for us and for our world they give room for God to work in his way and his time perhaps our love our joy our patience our kindness our goodness our self-control they allow us to step back and make a way for God to move not only in our lives but in the lives of people around us this is the point where Chad usually pauses and says so what And I would like us to think today about practical terms, about how the fruit of the Spirit is manifested in our lives. The fruit of the Spirit is a gift from God. It's a gift that's inserted into our hearts and our minds that we might reveal Christ to people around us. These gifts are like licenses. They're like authorizations to display these traits in the way that we deal with each other and with the world around us. We've all been given in one measure or another these gifts of the fruit of the Spirit. But for them to be effective, we must apply them and employ them. And I suspect that many of you, like me, are unsure which of the fruits are more applicable to us. Some of these marks of the fruit of the Spirit will be more evident to ourselves than others. But in the same way that if we're granted a driver's license but we never actually drive a car, we've wasted that gift, that permission, that authority, that opportunity. It takes some deliberate intention and effort to allow these gifts to emanate from us so that the fruit of the Holy Spirit would be clear to us and to others. We've been given permission by our faith and the receiving of the Holy Spirit to develop and enlarge and employ these gifts. Remember, these are the very gifts beautifully manifested in the life of Christ as he lived and taught and was crucified and resurrected all the while, displaying his humanity as he lived among ordinary people. And yet he completed a life defined by love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So I'll offer one last bit of advice in learning how to reveal the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. Some people like me might say, you know, I just don't really have patience in me. Someone might say, I don't know how to make it happen. And although I know I have permission to display this fruit of the Spirit, I am simply not a person whose style it is to be patient, or kind, or gentle, or self-controlled. So how might we develop a strategy to become better at these personality traits that clearly mean so much to God and to the world around us? How do we allow the fruit of the Spirit to become evident in our lives if not because we oppose it, but simply that we're not very good at it? You may have noticed that in our church that we frequently refer to C.S. Lewis. He was a Christian writer in the middle of the last century who was very adept at explaining Christian principles, Christian life to his readers. Lewis actually addresses this very problem, our natural disinclination to allowing the fruit of the Spirit to become manifest in our lives, not because we think it's wrong, but just we're afraid we're not going to be able to do it well and we won't be able to bear this fruit. Lewis has a chapter in his book, Mere Christianity, called Let's Pretend. Lewis's proposal is this, that although we are called to be Christians, it may not be our natural predisposition, maybe it's not our style, maybe it's not our personality, to mirror Jesus' behavior. Although in our minds we can intellectually appreciate that patience is a valuable fruit of the Spirit, we don't feel it in our hearts, we don't trust ourselves to practice patience well. So since it may not be our nature to routinely display this fruit of the Spirit, Lewis suggests that we pretend. For example, if it's not your personality nature to be patient, pretend that you are patient. Think about the ways that a patient person would behave, and then behave that way, even if if it feels awkward and unnatural. Lewis points out this is the way that children learn. By playing games of pretending to be mommies and daddies, pretending to be cowboys or astronauts or doctors or policemen, they pretend and in their pretending they learn what it feels like to grow into an adult with responsibility and purpose and worth. This pretending is not deception. No child really thinks that they will be mistaken for an adult. It's practice, practice to become something that maybe we're not. Lewis suggests that the more we practice and pretend that we are actually loving, joyful, peaceful, patient, kind, good, faithful, gentle, self-controlled, the sooner these traits will become a part of our God-ordained personality. This is a good kind of pretending where the pretense leads up to the real thing. Imagine with me for a moment that perhaps you're like me and there are times in traffic where someone cuts into your lane, drives erratically, takes dangerous chances. At that moment, not patience, but anger leaps from your heart to your lips. Let's imagine further, though, in that moment that you're inspired by the ancient Hebrew Scripture authors and you lengthen your nose and you take a deep breath and then you pretend that you're a patient person. You imagine what a patient person would do or say in such a situation. A patient person might think, well, Maybe that driver is in a hurry to get to an emergency. Or maybe I'm in no rush, I'll let him get by. That person is clearly in a frenzy to get somewhere. Or maybe the safest thing, this patient person might think, is that I should just pull over and make sure that we're all gonna be safe with this wild driver. You're pretending that you're a patient person. And Lewis would contend that if you continue to practice this kind of thinking, Patience will begin to take root in your heart and become a part of your very being. Patience will slowly but surely become your default reaction when patience is required. This kind of practicing, this pretending, is not only acceptable, it's necessary for us to grow, to develop, and to expose the fruit of the Spirit that God has licensed us and permitted us to reveal to the world. So that's my challenge to you for today and for the weeks to come as we explore patience and all these other marks of the fruit of the Spirit. Try pretending. Try practicing. Be consistent enough with it that eventually you get better at it, more skilled, more effective. Let your nose grow. Pretend that your nose is longer than it really is. Pretend that you can lengthen your breath further than you thought you could. Allow the fruit of the Spirit to bloom and grow in you. God has given you permission. He's given you license to use these gifts, to put them to work in your life. Take advantage of these fruits of the Spirit. They are God's gift to you and to the world around you. Let's pray. Father God, we give thanks that you have given us the gift of our very lives, your creation, your provision and especially the life and death and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now we ask you to allow the Holy Spirit to inhabit our hearts and our minds so that the fruit of your spirit will become evident in the day-to-day events of our world. Where we are weak, give us strength and confidence. Where we are strongest, refine our skills. And in all events, allow the fruit of the spirit to be such a part of our daily lives that it will be as natural as taking deep breaths. For we ask it all in Christ's name and all God's people in one voice said, amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. You can find us online at www.fpc-kingwood.org. Our services are available on our website and find us on Instagram at fpc underscore kingwood. We'll see you next time.